loving prayers. Treading water that they drown in. I head on a swivel. Yeah. It's only really my surroundings. Hello and welcome to episode 206 of the Smash Accept podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at DynastyDadFF. We got a great show tonight. You know, you guys have really reached out and you said, hey, you know, we really loved the quarterback one through 12, all the new QB1s and tying in the rookies. And tonight, what we're going to do is we're going to do that with the wide receivers. If you guys are watching live, feel free to ask questions. You know, we're, we're really excited that Twitter and X, whatever you want to call it, and YouTube, you guys can ask questions live now. So when you see Snoog and I on here, come in, ask your questions, and we'll jump on them. But tonight's show is going to be about wide receiver ones. We're going to talk about the new top 12. We're going to talk about these rookies. Nobody better to do that with than my main man, Snoog. Snoog, we got the senior bowl. The wide receivers are starting to pop off. You know, you're seeing a lot of tape here and there. And, like, this is that time of year where I don't know how you can't be excited. Like, you're seeing clips from the senior bowl. You're seeing clips of, you know, guys potentially landing spots, all these different coach speak, and you have to be excited. It's literally the best time of the year to, to analyze the deepest and my favorite position in football is the wide receiver position. We have about 18 to 20 wide receiver ones in Dynasty right now that are just in, incredible landing spots. And then we got a loaded draft class, one of the best in some time coming in. We got Marvin Harrison Jr., Malik Neighbors, Troy Franklin, Brian Thomas, Roma Dunze, Xavier Worthy. The list goes on and on and on, Dad. It's about to get real scary next year in Dynasty with all these wide receivers in the league. So I'm excited. The awesome thing is, you know, and today Daniel Jeremiah's top 50 came out. And last year at this time, you look at Daniel Jeremiah's top 50, and five of the top 12 were, were offensive players. This year, one through five are offensive players, six out of the top seven. And you look at what he's done. I mean, there's six quarterbacks, 11 wide receivers, two tight ends. This is the class that is going to be deep. I mean, you're talking about 11 wide receivers in his top 50 at this point in the game is, is phenomenal. And it's only going to make this wide receiver uh, you know, dynasty landscape changed quite a bit. We're going to talk about two or three guys who immediately enter the top 15 to 20 conversation, but let's just jump right in. Let's talk about our tiers. Let's talk about who we have. For me, I still have Justin Jefferson a tier above everyone else. I know you have him in Jefferson, Lamb, and Chase in the same tier. I still have Jefferson just a slight hair above the other two. And I have Chase at two, Lamb at three. You have Lamb two, Chase three. And I think you're splitting hairs because we're looking at three absolute alpha studs. Jefferson at 24, Lamb at 24, and Jamar Chase will be 24 by the time the season rolls around. These are three guys that, you know, we talk about foundational wide receivers. We talk about guys that you want to build your team around. These guys are absolute studs. The question I have for you is, I keep having people say, well, dad, you know, you and Snoog all t- always talk about tearing down and insulated trades. With these three guys, I'm not. Like, with these three guys, you're going to have to give me Garrett Wilson, Puka Nakua, Marvin Harrison plus. Otherwise, maybe Amon Ra. But otherwise, I'm not interested in trading off of any of these three elite wide receivers. Yeah, dad, I view this tier as damn near untouchable. Like, Justin Jefferson, the best rookie wide receiver of all time. 
1,800 yards, 1,600 yards in year two, 1,800 in year three at 23 years old. Mm-hmm. That's like some Jerry Rice, Randy Moss type stuff out of that receiver. And like he's, he's not slowing down. If he played this year, why he started off with like three straight 140-plus yard games, it's like he was literally unbelievable. And he's finished mm-hmm. strong too. So, I mean, he was going to probably be the best wide receiver in the NFL again and probably got close to that 2,000-yard record. I mean, I know Kirk Cousins tore his Achilles, but CeeDee Lamb, he was damn near there too. He was at 700 mm-hmm. plus, 1,700 plus, 24 years old, tied to Dak. Like, Jamar Chase, again, set the rookie receiving record that was just broken by Puka, correct? The yards correct. Was, correct. Yeah, it was broken by Puka, but – like these three guys, and I know Jefferson has the worst QB outlook by far out of all of them, but hopefully they trade up, sell the house for Caleb Williams, and there we go. But Joe Burrow and Dak Prescott, pure pocket passers, have 5,000-yard capacity, 40-plus-yard touchdown upside, and these are the clear alphas in their offense. They're all under 25 years old, and they're all in rookie contracts. You can't beat any of these three guys, and they're literally the three best receivers in the NFL after Tyree Kill, in my opinion. So I think there's a clear tier here. I still have Jefferson one, of course, just because what he's done and how talented he is as a player. I think he's going to be great for Minnesota for the next 10 plus years. And uh, if there's a Jerry Rice of our generation, it's probably Justin Jefferson. Yeah. And I mean, Jefferson has the worst quarterback situation, but you look at what he, okay. So he comes back week 14. We're going to give him a pass on that week 15 through 18. You know, he goes out. 10 targets every single game, 14 in the final week, averages eight receptions per game, finishes as wide receiver seven, wide receiver one in the final week of the season. I think he's about as quarterback proof as you can possibly get. On the flip side, Jamar Chase did not quite hold up the same way with Jake Browning at quarterback is the only reason I separate them a little bit, you know, and I think CD Lamb, what he was able to do this year. I mean, last year we were talking about, yeah, I'd sell, Jamar Chase for CD Lamb in a first. And if you did that, that panned out. And I think, you know, you saw what he was able to do on 181 targets, almost 1,750 yards, 12 touchdowns. I mean, absolute alpha wide receiver. If you guys are, if you're drafting these guys, and we talk about, you know, we are in startup season, and I, I say it all the time is like, you know, you want to wait on those running backs. You want to get those quarterbacks, those wide receivers early. Where are you comfortable? Are you taking, are you comfortable taking all three of these guys? in the first round? And if so, if you're doing a startup right now, where do they rank in comparison to the quarterbacks for you? I haven't done a startup yet, but I just thinking off the top of my head, I think they're all first rounders for me. Yeah, I'm taking definitely like the big seven to eight quarterbacks. Like you got obviously the, the big three and then you got like Stroud, Hertz, uh, Burrow, Herbert, Lamar Jackson. And then I'm taking those three receivers. You can throw mm-hmm. Kyler in there, maybe mix in Caleb Williams, but after these three receivers, in my opinion. Yeah, I think I think I would be taking I, I would debate Jefferson with Herbert, you know, and I would take Jefferson over Anthony Richardson and Caleb Williams. But then once Definitely. I think I would take Caleb Williams and Anthony Richardson above Jamar Chase and above really? CeeDee Lamb. This year, right now, man, I saw a guy sent me a thing. He's like at 201, 112-201, he got Jamar Chase. CD Lamb, and I'm like, man, this guy's wide receiver core is going to be absolutely elite. Snook, I got to talk to you. I got to say, you know, last year, we, like I said, we were talking about going from Chase to Lamb, you know, and you were tearing down. If you had to pick 
a guy out of that next tier down. And our next tier is a absolute beast tier. I mean, both of us have Amon Ross St. Brown at four. And then I ha- you, ha- you have A.J. Brown at five. I have um, Marvin Harrison at five. Puka at six. Garrett Wilson. You know, this is that next tier down. You got to go from one of these guys. You know, we're saying we're doing it. If you're moving off Lamb, Jefferson, or Chase, who's the guy you go down to? And what is it on top that you need out of that group from Amon Ross St. Brown, Marvin Harrison, Puka Nakua, Garrett Wilson, and A.J. Brown? Yeah, I have a, I would throw neighbors, Malik neighbors in that group as well. And then that's my tier. Then we move on to the next tier. I think the smart move is probably go to Amon Ross St. Brown at four because I think he's just the safest option in that Lions offense. And Ben Johnson ain't going nowhere. We know that now. Ben, ben Johnson coming back. I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown is an absolute yeah. lock for – a, a top five finish. I mean, 1,500 yards again this year, back to back to back, over 140 targets this year with 164. I mean, this guy is someone that two years ago people were mocking me in startups for taking him in the eighth round. Now he's a locked and loaded second round pick. So I, I love that. I think what would you need on top? Let's say you're moving off Jamar Chase to Amon Ross St. Brown. What is that gap for you? I think it's a mid to late first for Definitely. I think it's probably a late first just because Chase is like as generational as it comes. He what about has what? the upside. 107, to 108? Yeah, I would definitely do that. I think that's what I would want if I was going to move off Chase. Mm-hmm. I think I'd be willing to pay maybe 108, 109-ish in that area for him. And then A.J. Brown is probably the next guy. I, as much as I love Marvin Harrison Jr., he's such a great wide receiver, but like Hopefully he goes to the Cardinals or the Chargers, and I'll ch- I change my mind. He'd be easily five, arguably four mm-hmm. for me. But it's tough. Yeah, literally, he Spencer, the great question. One hundred six yeah. and AJ Brown is like th- th- I think AJ Brown's the one you go for, right? Because like people are forgetting how good he is. Like this is a player that has the potential to be the best wide receiver in the NFL and finish wide receiver one in any given moment, just with how talented he is. We got Kellen Moore coming to the Eagles now. That team's gonna throw the ball a lot more than we've seen. A.J. Brown's a great buy right now. You probably can't buy him low in any means, but right now he's still my wide receiver five in Dynasty. Marvin Harrison trailing at six, but A.J. Brown in 106 for Jefferson. Like If I can turn A.J. Brown and get Brock Bowers or get Malik Neighbors, he won't fall mm-hmm. that far, but and get May or Daniels or Adunze, whoever falls to six yeah. for J. Jeff, I mean, that's just a, an insulated move that you have to make to make your roster better, especially in those deeper lineups. Yeah, I, I, I'm struggling with it for Jefferson. I would do it for Chase. I would do it for Lamb. I feel like if it was the four, and I know you're splitting hairs here, but for me, that 104 to 106 is so sexy this year, and it's a matter of moving around. If I have the four, and I know you and I were talking about that, I love Jaden Daniels. So if I, I'm taking Daniels at four, yeah. you're taking Neighbors if he's there. Other people want Bowers. It's such an area of flexibility from four to six and maybe even seven with Adunze where you're just like, if you have four and you can move back and still get your guy, that's in there. I think A.J. Brown is going to get peppered this year. There's going to be a lot less rushing for Philadelphia, and that's going to definitely move him up. For me, if that was Marvin Harrison in the 106, I would do it. And I know if you tell me it's 102 and 106, I would because I have Marvin slightly above A.J. Brown. And people are going to – Going to think that's crazy, but I mean, A.J. Brown this year will be 27 years old. Marvin Harrison, 
is going to be that guy. If Marvin Harrison goes to the Cardinals, I have him as high up as five overall. I'm not moving him above Amon Ra, but I would take him, and I know I would take him above Puka because we don't know Stafford's long-term situation. I would take him above Garrett as much as I love Garrett Wilson. You know, we saw the floor of Garrett Wilson, and that's who I thought you would say that you're buying out of this group. I thought for sure, because if I'm buying a guy – I'm buying Garrett Wilson. Like I think Garrett Wilson is Absolutely. is going to if you said Garrett Wilson in the 106 for Jefferson, I would be more inclined than AJ Brown. And I understand what you're saying on that end. Let's let's hit on Marvin Harrison. Just how good we've been talking about it. I put the thread out there as well. But like if he puts up 1,200 yards as a rookie, is he in that same tier as these guys? I mean, I feel like yeah. it is not gonna take a full year to realize that. Marvin Harrison, if he goes to the Cardinals, you know, there, there's always that if he goes to the Patriots, but the Patriots need so many different weapons. They don't have the quarterback. But if he goes to the Cardinals, if he goes somewhere with a proven quarterback and gets that number one role, how high up can he go? Like I said, Dad, if he goes to the Cardinals or the Chargers, he, he's he's probably right there above Amon Ra for me at four. Just because the, the <clears throat> prospect and the generational talent that he is, I mean, coming out of Ohio State, he was dominant regardless. Like he was always good in that offense. He was much better with Stroud. He got a lot more yak opportunity. I know people are knocking him for his yak a little bit. There's nobody that moves with his size and has the same twitch, the same route running ability, the separation skills, and then his spectacular catching and through contact and in contested situations is absolutely through the roof. He is one of the best prospects that I've ever watched. I think, there's a damn good chance if he gets paired up with Kyler, who is arguably one of the best, if not the best, pure mm-hmm. passing rushing quarterback in the league, right there with Lamar. He has proved that he can support those wide receiver ones. We saw what D Hop did year one with the Cardinals, top four season. We saw what Marquise Brown did before the injury, year one with the Cardinals. He was the wide receiver five before injury. So we saw players at their at their peaks and that was d hop's not that wasn't d hop's peak that was 29 year old d hop if we see prime 22 year old 21 year old marvin harrison jr coming in on a full rookie deal with the cardinals the cardinals have another first round pick as well late round 27th i think that they got from the cardinals with the will anderson deal it's gonna get real scary in arizona fast McBride, Marvin, you probably get maybe a deep threat guy, speed guy out of the second or third round. Then you got Rondell Moore. I'm talking about this makes me love Kyler because I think it's going to happen. So I'm excited for Marv just because I think at worst he goes to the Pats and what he's like, he's a Garrett Wilson right now. He's getting you a thousand yards and 150 targets. So it's like his floor is really high. Kyler Murray is still, and I know this is a wide receiver show, still my biggest super flex buys he's going 208 right now snook like he should be going late first early second given that what could be coming to town you know like you saw what he was able to do down the stretch i believe he was qb8 coming off the acl tear you know and still not a hundred percent and now you talk about what he's able to do if they add a marvin harrison if they add a malik neighbors like we could see him get back to that it wasn't that far ago where he was right there in that same tier as Lamar Jackson. And I don't think that's far-fetched as an insulated trade. Wrong show. Wanted to talk quarterbacks. But let's move to, you know, we both agree Amon Ra is that that guy at four. I do think there is that gap there. For me, and I know you put this out the other day, and it's like 
Garrett Wilson's first two seasons, 315 targets, 178 receptions, 2,145 receiving yards, right? But the Jets, and I saw you put this out there, 31st in touchdowns, 32nd in touchdowns in 23, 19th in yards, and then 29th in yards. We have seen a borderline wide receiver one from Garrett Wilson with the worst quarterback play we've ever seen. If he gets Aaron Rodgers back this year, if he gets a competent quarterback, the ceiling of Garrett Wilson for me is right there with, if not like slightly underneath where Garrett, where, where Jamar Chase is. Like that's how talented this guy is. And you look at where he's going value wise and you look at what he is as a, you know, he's still just 23 years old. This is someone that is a absolute buy low. And I know he's wide receiver six on both of our, our lists, but he's still too low. Like I think people are, are think there's such a big gap where they feel like there's two firsts gap between him and say CD lamb and, and Jamar chase. And I don't think it is. I think right now, if I, if someone came to me and said, Hey, 104 and Garrett Wilson for any of those, you know, for, for lamb Gosh. or chase, I would smash that like five. I would start to debate six. I might not, but if it was four and I could get neighbors, I mean, like people don't understand how good Malik neighbors is going to be. People don't understand how good Garrett Wilson really is. Dad, if, if there was any player that I wanted to see succeed this year, it was Garrett Wilson. And I know we, we bought the autographed Jersey. We gave it away. It was like, Dude, we this is Garrett robbed. Wilson season, right? You're and we, robbed by the fantasy god. It was it was such a a sad moment because you and I were so invested and the we thing, kind of pushed it. The thing with Garrett Wilson, Dad, is like you said, it doesn't get worse than what he faced in his first two years. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care if Aaron Rodgers isn't the same Hall of Fame elite talent quarterback that he once was after injury. Like. I just know he's smart enough and he can make the throws to get him the ball and the tight windows. He can get the consistency, the rhythm in the offense, get the play action going. He, I don't care how old do you think he is. I don't care about the injury. Like He's still an all-time great mentally, and his arm talent is still there. He had his absolute worst year we've ever seen in, mm-hmm. in Green Bay, and Christian Watson was viewed as a wide receiver one after the season because that's how good Aaron Rodgers is. He understands the field. He understands how to bust coverage. He knows how to audible out of certain things to get mismatches. Garrett Wilson, if there's any perfect wide receiver for that type of scheme and system, it's him with his versatility, his yak ability, his separation skills. Mm-hmm. That The Jets are picking at pick 10. They're not too, too, too far out from landing one of those superstar tackles in Alt Fashkanu. So they need I, a tackle to keep Aaron Rodgers up to upright. The, you know what I mean? The line was so bad this year because it was, so it was injured. Like it wasn't even mm-hmm. like it's just the worst O line of all time. It was so injured. Like they were missing everybody. They were missing Tipman, that center they drafted from Minnesota, who was supposed to be some stud. They were missing mm-hmm. a lot of people. Barrett Tucker was injured, so. I think the Jets can make some splashes in free agency and they can get a, a competent wide receiver too alongside Garrett Wilson mm-hmm. to boost the offense, to open up the field, to get the run game going. Yeah. So I, I think that's an offense Let- that you need to buy a little low on because once Rodgers does retire and he leaves, they're going to suck again. They're going to be in that territory where they need to make a move for a quarterback. So, mm-hmm. so it, between Marvin Harrison, Puka Nakua, and Garrett Wilson, I want you to keep one, trade one, cut one and i know this is like 
I have three sons. So this is almost like, yo, which one are you getting rid of? You know, it's like an impossible type thing. But keep one, trade one, cut one, Puka, Marvin, oh. and Garrett. It's different from like a, if I look at it from like a talent perspective and what I hope versus like what is realistic and like we're, the safety of it. We're a dynasty value show, brother. We, we talk about trades and the market changing so much. I mean, I talent talent wise, it's Marvin one, Garrett two, Puka three. Easy, but that's yeah. not that's not not the case. That's not the actual ca- question. I think it's definitely keep Marvin. I think it's just his situation is going to be safe regardless. And I think the floor is there, even if he goes to a new England, like what he gets a Mac Jones or a Bailey Zappi, just not a runner, just pure pocket pass and feeding him with targets. Like those two guys are so much better than like friggin' Zach Wilson. And Zach Wilson wasn't even bad when he played Garrett Wilson was doing really good. Like he was averaging mm-hmm. like 16, 18 points a game. It was Trevor Simeon, and I don't even know who the other – Tim Boyle. Tim Boyle. I don't know why they did that. They were the worst. That was the issue. With Zach Wilson, Garrett was probably a 1,200-, 1,300-yard receiver. Shout-out David Guttieri. I think he actually was tweeting that during the season. Like, Zach Wilson, despite how bad he is, Garrett Wilson's pacing good numbers with him. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to go with – I'm going to keep – or I'm going to trade Garrett, and I'm going to sell Puka. Just because I think Puka, what he did is phenomenal. And it's crazy to say this. I think they're they're all close in value. Like, I really do. But I think we don't know. We know Garrett Wilson's floor with nothing. We Mm -hmm. don't know what Puka's is without Stafford. And Stafford has had some crazy bad injuries for a quarterback that just gunslings all game. Elbow injuries, shoulders are messed up. Mm -hmm. We could see an early retirement at 36, 37 out of him. And then what happens, you know? So it's like. Let's talk trade value for all three of them real quick. Cause I, I agree with what you just said. Um, for me right now, I would say that Harrison is worth the one Oh two. You know, he is clearly the one Oh two, but he's at that area for me. Garrett's worth the one Oh three and Puka's worth the one Oh four. Now that that's where I have them value wise. When I put out, if you're buying a guy, cause a lot of times people are like, yo dad, I got, I have the one Oh four and I don't know who to buy. Don't trade the one Oh four. It's going to keep going up. 104 through 106, baby. I keep saying it. But I saw a, a poll put out there from FF Gunslinger, Marvin Harrison, or Puka Nakua, who would you rather have 73 to 27 or 73 to 27. Puka Nakua did anything but, you know, like I'm just honestly, number one season as far as yards, as far as receptions. I mean, he just balled out, and we're just like, okay, we're moving off this, you know, and <laughs> we've never done that. And people keep still bringing up draft capital. Draft it doesn't. Capital. It doesn't matter. It doesn't anymore. matter when you're producing like that. The wide receiver position is all about production. That's yeah, what they yeah. care about. And I've had Puka in my top ten for a long time. I have him all the way up at six now. I have him one spot above Garrett and one spot above AJ Brown. And I think, I think it's more of a value. I like the talent of AJ Brown and the talent of Garrett Wilson better. You know, and I think out of that group, he would be my biggest sell. Um, if you're trying to trade Puka Nakua, you know, if you're worried about it, I think if you're a win now team, I think he's great. I think Stafford, as long as Stafford's healthy, you have a great wide receiver there. If you talk about moving off of Puka Nakua, you know, and Puka is 22.7, he'll be 23 years old. So he's still nice and young. If you're moving off of him, what kind of package are you trying to get? I mean, for me, if someone offered me the 104 in a second, I would smash it because I'm so big on Malik neighbors. Like I know you are. How far would you tear down? You know, would you move to the Brandon Ayukes? Would you move down to 
you know, DJ Moore or Waddle? Would you move down to Nico? Would you move down to 107, which is likely Odunze? I mean, talk to me about what you would do if you have Puka Nakua, because that's one of the biggest questions I get, you know, is like a lot of people are really high on as they should be after his rookie season. But other people are like, I don't know if I believe this long term, like you said. I'd be looking to add probably tier down to neighbors who I have one spot below Puka in the same tier. Like I said, if I can get a, a mid to early second on top, I'm smashing that. Or I jump to the next tier. And at the beginning of that tier, we got Chris Olave and Tyree Kill. I think those two guys would be my main targets because we just saw how elite Chris Olave has been on a yards per route run um, mm-hmm. basis, as well as a target per route run. Like he's just been so elite and so efficient in this terrible Saints offense. They get they're gonna get a new offensive coordinator there, in New Orleans. Things are gonna change a little bit. They're pick 14, maybe prime territory to trade up and draft, draft a quarterback, or maybe they trade down and draft one. Who knows what happens there in New Orleans, but Chris Olave is the lead guy there. Michael Thomas rumors all over Twitter. He's blabbing that mouth of his, so he's likely going to be cut or probably traded to another team. I expect that wide receiver room to be decently open-handed into next year. And Chris Olave, again, probably pacing 1,200, 1,300 yards, maybe eight touchdowns, and just 140 targets. Like That's a safe floor for him. I think he's a really good buy low, and I think he's a guy that I would be targeting to trade down from Puka with because, again, Derek Carr, Garrett Wilson with Zach Wilson and Nick Boyle or whatever the hell his name is, Tim Boyle, there can't get worse than that realistically. So it's like we've seen these guys' floors, and we know the level of talents they are. What's Puka's floor if Stafford retires? So it's a little – a little tricky, but right now Stafford looked great and he ain't retiring. So that's why I got Puka above him. So if if I don't get neighbors who is at four, I'm moving down to your wide receiver 13, 14, which are my wide receiver 11 and 12 to Brandon Ayuk and Devonta Smith. Brandon yep. Ayuk was elite this year. Brandon Ayuk was phenomenal. He's still just 25 years old and he's still – He's the only guy that's a dynasty top 10 to 12 wide receiver who doesn't get valued like a dynasty top 10 to 12 wide receiver. Like for some reason, people just, you know, they they want to talk a certain way about Purdy and they tie Ayuk. I mean, Ayuk is a legit talent. Absolutely. And Devonta Smith going from 140 targets down to 112 was the difference of him being a wide receiver one versus now you look at him this year, he was wide receiver 22 as opposed to wide receiver 12 the year before. We just talked about it with A.J. Brown. If you're buying A.J. Brown because Kellen Moore's in, then you should be buying Devonta Smith too. So, I mean, I think the difference, I'm not even going to lie, I think you can get a late first on top of Devonta Smith for Puka Nakua, and I think you can get an early second on top of Ayuk for him. And we're not, don't get me wrong, we are not advocating just get rid of Puka Nakua. We're not trying to say sell him. We're just saying some people that are a little bit more risk-averse that do not, they, you know, they want to tear down. I think that's a, a prime area. We got another question sent in here from Mile High Luke. He said, what's up, fellas? Um, he wants to know he has the 103 and the 106 and the 203 and the 204 in a one quarterback. We don't talk a ton about one quarterback, but he says sitting on Mahomes, Gibbs, and Puka as his core. Any wiggling you would do outside to just sit there or do you take Bowers and neighbors? So if you're in a one quarterback league, I, I mean, you're going to get what's left out of that. I mean, Marvin's going to go one. For me, I think Neighbors goes two and Bowers goes three. I personally just love the wide receiver, unless it's a 1.75 tight end premium. 
I think I would really strongly try to move that 106 up. And I know, you know, yep. for me, what is 106 in a one quarterback league? That's the equivalent of a 109. So that's if you're lucky, it's Brian Thomas, you know, uh, junior. Where you know, okay. yeah, yeah, which is a nice wide receiver. But if you have an opportunity to move up to two, I would do that, you know, or do some kind of move where you, depending on what the rest of your team looks like, package up, you know, Puka or Gibbs in the six, move yourself up to two and, and tear down just a little bit. But that one's one where Luke, send us, send us your roster, DM both of us. You guys know you can do that at any time at FF Snoog at Dynasty Dad FF. We will answer those things and kind of uh, you know, give you a little bit more insight with your rosters, especially in the Patreon. You know, and I know you and I are, are working on some things in that Patreon right now where, you know, I, I well, why don't you tell what we just did? Uh, the a- episode coming out a little bit later, you know, some of these exciting things that we're working on. Yeah. We just did a full on review with a, with a fan of ours who has been an OG for a while. I've kept in contact with him throughout maybe a, a year or two. Now we broke down his entire roster, had him jump on the pod, did a whole recording of it, helped him kind of address his draft capital, look at team needs, help him steer in the right direction because he had a team that was phenomenal built around Jamar Chase, Brennan, Ayuk. Stroud, Kyler, McBride, but then there was those those glaring weaknesses with Jerry Judy at the flex and Zach Charbonnet at RB two. So it's like we we gave him the right the right steer with you got to take advantage of the veteran RBs, take advantage of Alvin Kamara, James Connor, those type of guys. Treat the position like it's paying bills, right? Like you don't care, you don't need to trade the house for Brees Hall. You can just go draft or trade for top 10 to 12 veteran running backs that are going to pay the bills. That's what we, that's what we care about, right? Winning championships and paying bills. So that's our motto. So that's what we're here to help you with is win championship and pay your bills. So stay tuned for that. Dad, I have a question for you that someone dropped a comment on, on our live stream on Twitter. He didn't post it to this, but he said best three-year window between Zay Flowers and Rashi Rice. Ooh. Oh man. Okay, you know I love Rashi Rice. You know he's like right now I have him as my wide receiver 16 and I think I have Zay Flowers as my wide receiver 18 or so, something like that. Um they're, they're neck and neck when you're talking about value wise. What I saw from Zay Flowers in that playoff game gives me some like and now honestly he obviously made some some bad choices. I saw a, a wide receiver who's almost unguardable in certain areas like you cannot cover him but Lamar is kind of holds him back a little bit in that sense Rashi Rice I think is more oh man that is a really tough question like I have Rice higher I would say Rice but I saw some things from Zay Flowers in that playoff game where he was giving me some low-key Tyreek Hill vibes like I was like this dude cannot be guarded he had he had some bad choices with the fumble and you know with the with the play but oh I, I love them both right now. Like I'm trying to tear down right now. I'm working on a thing where it's my top 15 foundational wide receivers. Both of them are in there. Both of them are some of my biggest buys. I think value wise rice is a little bit higher, but I think I, I love them both right now. Dad, I think if Zay flowers was, if the chargers just drafted the right wide receiver at 22 and took Zay flowers, I think we'd be talking about a different Buka Nakua headed into 2023 potentially. Yeah. Zay Flowers is a natural separator. He has some of the craziest yak and elusiveness after the catch. 
I've ever seen. I come out as a prospect. Like he's a human joystick, mm-hmm. but he's not the Kadarius Tooney type of human joystick. Like this man can play. He can make plays downfield and he can catch the football. So, I mean, Zay Flowers, absolutely electric. Hopefully I mean, we talking, see Lamar bump it up in passing volume and we're going to get about 10 years out of him. When you're talking yak, I mean, Rashi Rice was best in the league at that. I mean, Rashi was Rice good. was, was yeah. phenomenal. Right now, what's that? So so was Nico, and which was weird was about yeah. Rashi Rice. Is I came out, I I created a whole thread on him during the process, and I was like mm-hmm. semi high on him, like yo, this guy can catch every single ball in 50-50, one on one jump ball scenarios. I'm like, he's the next Michael Gallup, right? Like you got a guy that's gonna be like a good number two, maybe strong number three on a high powered offense, and then he's some like crazy athlete, crazy yak guy at the combine, just completely different than his college tape, and I was like. Wow, that's honestly insane about Rashi Rice, like how he just molded into this like yak superstar, just yeah. like Nico Collins. Like I, I think, I mean, you're playing with Patrick Mahomes and he got thrust into that wide receiver one area. They could bring in somebody else, you know, which I don't think Baltimore does, which is why it's closer than I think a lot of people think. I don't think Baltimore yeah. goes out and gets another wide receiver. I think I think Kansas City certainly does, especially yeah. with, with Kelsey talking about retirement. So, yeah, great question. I love that one. Um and so we talked about that tier in there, and obviously Amon Ross St. Brown, Marvin Puka, Garrett, AJ Brown, you know, those are those are the kind of guys, and you have neighbors in there. I have neighbors in the in the next tier, which for me, nine through twelve is Alave, neighbors, Tyreek Hill, Brandon Ayuk. That's my next tier. And I have them really close, almost like a mini tier underneath that for Devonta Smith, DJ Moore, and Jalen Waddle. And I think the glaring one that most people don't have on there is is DJ Moore. You know, I think DJ Moore is one that I'm higher on than than 95% of the people, but I, I was last year too, you know, and I think he came out as wide receiver six and looked phenomenal. If you're going to move off of, you know, we talked about tearing down from Chase and Lamb to, to Wilson or to Marvin or to Amon Ra. If you're going to tear down from AJ Brown to mm-hmm. Alave, Neighbors, Ayuk, Devonta, DJ Moore, or Waddle, what's that price going to be for you? I think – People are saying, okay, AJ Brown's 27. You know, maybe I'm not in contention. I was all in. Now I'm trying to sell some pieces. And you don't have to sell him because he's 27, but now is peak value. I mean, there is not a a season AJ Brown can have that's going to make him go up too much more in value. I think the right move with a situation like that is like aiming for like that 201 to 112 ish, maybe 202 range, where you're just getting another solid asset could be a star if you hit on that pick and someone slips ah chain sam laporta sometimes you saw kincaid falling if it wasn't heavy tight end premium those type of moves i mean those those moves pay bills dad they do pay the bills so if you could tear down get dj Moore, he gets kale williams you're looking at dj Moore potentially outscoring aj brown in the next one to two year window and that's what the williams, insulated so. that's what the insulated trade is all about is like yeah. if you trade aj brown for now dj moore is you know pretty close in age there but you go down you know and you get yourself if you predict that neighbors is going to hit or you even go down to dunze where he goes to the right spot you you get him plus a late first or a 25 first now you put yourself in a position where you're getting a guy that produces you know in that same tier or mm-hmm. in, in a similar area and then you get the value on top of that so i like that a lot um right now if you got to do if you got to choose right now and you got to Keep one, trade one, cut one from Alave, neighbors, and 
Tyreek Hill right now. How does that go for you? I'm going to keep neighbors. I'm going to trade Tyreek, and I'm going to cut Olave. What's Tyreek's cost right now for you to buy versus sell? And Because a lot of the listeners are saying, hey, you know, Dad, I saw you posted this guy. This is your buy list. And then I saw you post this is your sell list. And a lot of you guys don't realize they're different things, you know, right? If I'm buying Tyreek Hill, I would pay the one, you know, like 106. 106 yeah. I was going to say the 108. If not is neighbor. Like, if it's not neighbors, Marv or Caleb, I was going to say the, one, the, one, the 108 plus, but sheer value, it's the 106. But if I'm yeah. selling him, I want the 104. You know, like yeah. th- that's the difference between buying and selling a guy exactly. is like Tyree Kill. You don't want to be caught because this could be the last year of Tyree Kill. He's already said that, you know, 30 might be it for him. I don't think he's going to necessarily hold to that. He shouldn't slow down. He's too I, damn good. <laughs> I don't think he will, but I'm saying, I, you know, if you are not a contender and you move off, I'm perfectly fine with that. But if you do it, it's got to be yeah. the 104 if you're selling. Because if I'm you kinda, sell, go ahead. I'm trying to look at it like look at Keenan Allen and Adam Thielen, like 32, 33 years old, producing like low end yeah. high wide receiver one years. Hawkins I think that's so yeah. great. Adams was great. Like Tyreek is the youngest of the bunch. I think if we get two to three more years out of him of like top 10 production, he's worth it. He's worth it. Is this that like pick. he's like Christian McCaffrey, right? So yeah. like you're you're if you're an elite all-in team, you buy Christian McCaffrey, right? Because yep. he's cheaper now than he will be, you know, at, at any point. Same with Tyreek Hill is like you almost have to in the beginning of the season. I had he he hasn't dropped a single value point. You know, he's only moved up. And once the season starts, I think he jumps up into into that same tier as those other guys because of the points that he puts up. But it's like you only buy him if you're all in. And again, I can't stress that enough that if you're selling him, make sure make sure, you know, some people are saying. Hey, yo, what do you think of uh, Chris Godwin in a 24-201? I'm like, no, no. Right. Like, no, you need to get something elite. If you're giving up a player like Christian McCaffrey, like Tyreek right. Hill, make sure you get something at least Brandon Ayuk plus, you know, a, a, another top 12 guy. Maybe, you know, you go into that area of you can get two guys for that. You get Rashi Rice and Zay Flowers. You know, you get two upside guys uh, drake london or something like that so i just had to address that real quick with tyreek hill the other thing that's interesting for me snoog is i'm talking to a guy right now who offered me devonta smith and his 25 or no i'm sorry devonta adams and his 25 first for tyreek hill and i'm like that to me is an area where it's like, like you have a potential insulation there where i think devonta adams puts up monster numbers this year you know, like I think he moves to a, to another team via trade or they, yeah. they get a quarterback and he and puts a wide receiver ones. Yeah, exactly. And then you get that other pick on top of that, you know, and I think Adams and Diggs and Cup are going to provide that same kind of thing where you're you're adding the value. You're still getting a wide receiver one and, and you put up those points. So I have a question for you. Yeah. Before before we kick it to the next. If Devontae Adams went to the Jets and we had a healthy Aaron Rodgers, right? And with that 10th pick, they drafted Joe Alt or Olo Fashano, just a pure tackle, like big, pure protector for Aaron Rodgers on the edge to seal the edge for him. And they had a fully healthy O-line, a healthy Brees Hall. Would that 
affect Garrett Wilson's value for you? Or would you just view him as like that Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, like superpower mm-hmm. wide receiver two that could finish top eight to 10? I think one, Aaron Rodgers would throw 40 touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, but I think two, who's the best route runner in the NFL? And to me, it's it's between Keenan Allen and Devontae Adams. Yeah, and I think literally. Garrett Wilson learning from a guy like Devontae Adams for a year, even if it's like, you know, a one-year deal where, you know, Garrett Wilson still puts up 1,400 yards, you know, like you feel like even with less targets and a better quarterback, he's going to put up better yeah. numbers. So I, I think that's a short-term, like short-term loss, long-term gain where Garrett Wilson then becomes yeah. – gets to really thing. see what it's like to see Aaron Rodgers work with Devontae Adams and to work yeah. in that in that trio. And the good thing about Garrett Wilson is his targets have been so inefficient and a lot of them have been like skyrocketed over <laughs> his head. But the, was, the, scheme, the scheme is built to yeah. feed him the ball, which is the it, good thing. It was 351 targets and 178 receptions. That's disgusting. That's like the almost catch, 50. Well, I'm pretty sure the catchable rate was like a hundredth, hundredth in the – yeah, at the position or something gross. Like it it's, was so bad. When you watch disgusting. the games, like you'll see, like they'll just force the ball into him, and it's just like. So we've we've hit on now. We're at you know we we put it into our tiers, and we're into an area where you know we talked about all the way down to wide receiver thirteen. So we have our new top twelve. You know we have ourselves at Jefferson, Chase, Lamb, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Marvin, Puka, Garrett. A.J. Brown, Olave, Neighbors, Tyreek, and Ayuk is our new top 12. Right on the fringe, we have that D.J. Moore. Oh, I see you got you got D.J. in there now, too. I like it. Uh, yeah, D.J. Moore, Jalen Waddle, and Devonta Smith. They're on the cusp, right? Like, I consider that almost like 15 wide receiver ones. Like, they're, they're right there. I want to know about three guys next. You know, we'll go one at a time. We'll go back and forth. Somebody that is not on that list that really you think could enter – top 12 to 15 range moving into 2025, which I know, you know, you got to get that crystal ball out there. You got to kind of look at things, but what's one wide receiver that you're buying that you think could enter that area? All right. I got two like solid safe ones. And then I got two that are like a little hot takes, but not really. So I'm going to go with, you definitely have to go with, uh, Nico Collins. I yes. just think he is an absolute monster. And, I almost I put him in that. Yeah, I almost I put him I in. Yeah. I, in I had him. So those guys I said, Alave, Neighbors, Hill, Ayuk, Smith, Moore, Waddle, I said are worth 103 to 105. For me, Nico is worth the 106 to 107. And that's yeah. why I, I dropped him down slightly because I actually have him at 15 and then I have Roma Dunze at 16 above and then Tank yeah. Dell at seven. Those were the two I was going to say. I think I like Tank Dell over Nico, but the fact that he just completely broke his leg late in the season, mm-hmm. I don't know like if he's going to play early on. So I just think the value-wise, mm-hmm. um, it's safer for Nico, but I think val- like value-wise, I'd rather Tank Dell just because of like, the injury cost. But it's going to be Odunte and Nico Collins for me. They're actually in that tier with Waddle and Smith for me. Yeah, but yeah. the two guys that I think could jump into that tier, I'll actually – I'll say three because we're going to go back with T Higgins because I do think T Higgins can be like that bonafide wide receiver two with the upside of the one, but mm-hmm. Drake London. Yes. Hours. I think yeah. I just Drake London's so talented. I think this could be the year they have all a whole new coaching staff and it could be the year they finally get a damn quarterback to feed him the ball. Once they do, he's going to be a beast and he has double digit touchdown upside. 
And then Zay Flowers, he's just so electric after the catch, like we said. He's got that vertical threat downfield, that speed, the quickness. He's a nuanced route runner. So it's separate. he separates better than I can make myself a sandwich. So you got to be high on Zay Flowers as well. So that that those are the group of guys that I would target that you can tear down from the Smiths, the Waddles, and probably get a decent plus on top. Thanks. I just sit back. You know, we were going to go back and forth and vibe yeah, one at a time. And that's my same list. Too. So, yeah, yeah, like every single one of them. Because I don't, I mean, Drake London, people don't realize how young he really is. Like a guy that was drafted as early as him. I mean, he's 22.5. He's younger than Zay Flowers. He's younger than Nico Collins. He's younger than Chris Olave by over a year. He's younger than Puka Nakua. He's younger than Jamar Chase. Like he is... Like he is younger than rookies that just came out, you know, like he is super, super young. So guys that get drafted that early, get the target share. I think he's definitely on that buy low window. Since we're, since you already took that end of it, I'm going to take some guys that I think right now they're, they're not going to enter wide receiver one status, but man, they're way too cheap at wide receiver two. Michael Pittman last year was a guy that I had said rounds five to seven is an absolute bargain. Go out and buy Michael Pittman in your drafts. He goes out and he produces just absolutely goes nuts this year. What he finishes as, uh, what did he finish? I'm trying to check here. He was top 10 Pittman. Top you know, 10. the way he had, he his, value, his value didn't go up in Dynasty. He's still going right now in the fifth round. And I was, you know, looking at some guys that, in your rookie draft or in your startup drafts, rounds five through seven, you want to go out there and you want to take some swings on some guys that that could hit. And uh, shout out to Fleming who pulled some of these for me. You know, Rashi Rice right now is, is going in the fifth round. Right now, you look at George, uh, Nico Collins and Zay Flowers are going in the fifth round. Pickens and Addison are going in the sixth. Reed and Debo are going in the seventh. So those are some guys that I'm I'm taking some shots on, um, really to try to. You, you want that upside. You want the young wide receivers with upside in those middle rounds of your startups. So this has been a fun one. You know, we have guys, we're looking at three wide receivers that are going to go in the round one of the NFL draft, three wide receivers who are going to be in the top seven in Superflex. And you've heard it here from both of us. They're going to be top 15 dynasty wide receiver day one. You know, there's three guys that are that good. We yep. didn't even talk about Brian Thomas. We didn't even talk about Troy Franklin. I mean, there's some other guys. This is a year where if you need wide receiver depth, you're about to get it. You know, go out and buy second. I'm starting to dig into the running backs. You're going to get some some nice upside running backs in the second round. You're going to get some nice wide receiver depth. So make sure you guys go out there and buy second rounders. And again, if you can move into 104 to 106, even 107, do it. If you can find a way, I, I keep, I know you and I were talking about it, but now's the time where I'm trading, you know, a wide receiver to, to tear down just a little bit. I'm going to take a guy that I, I, you know, am big on that I think is solid, but I'm going to go and I'm going to, you know, go from Terry McLaurin in the 109 to get myself to Amari Cooper in the 105, 106, 107, because it's like, you're going to get yourself in an area where, yeah, you lose a little bit of value at that wide receiver. But what you're going to get at 104 to 107 this year, get ahead of your league mates. They don't listen to Smash except they don't know how good this wide receiver class is. 
Absolutely, Dad, and you nailed it on the head. I mean, I got three wideouts fighting for my four spot, and I've been so torn the past few days, just ripping endless film, looking through the analytics, comparing them, comparing their receiving yards market share, their yards per team mm-hmm. pass attempt, their yards per out run. It's Xavier Worthy, Brian Thomas Jr., and Troy Franklin. I mean, each one has such like a better better um, strength, and then one has mm-hmm. a weakness, and it's been so tough. Brian Thomas best year out of all of them this year 17 touchdowns 1100 plus yards absolute monster downfield then you had Troy Franklin who was just lightning fast off the line 1300 yards not as many touchdowns but was a Pac-12 menace for the Oregon Ducks and that was part of why they were so successful and then you got Xavier Worthy probably the best route runner of the bunch the best true freshman arguably ever I know I tweeted that out earlier I got some more comps and stuff coming out but I think Marquise Brown's a safe comp for him. He was literally the best true freshman ever. I comped him to Chase, CeeDee Lamb, Jerry Judy, Amari Cooper, everybody. And I checked every statistic that matters coming out as a prospect. Xavier Worthy was on top. So he was big for Texas. He lost a lot of touchdown upside this year with Adnai Mitchell coming in, who's my seven currently. Just an absolute monster in the red zone. Good separator, natural mover, very fluid for size. So he the cards didn't land Worthy's way, but he was so good at Texas. He might fall a little bit under the radar and be like a five or six steal for you in that late mid to late first. But I'm excited. Vlad McConkey thread going out tomorrow, so stay tuned for that. He was lighting up the Senior Bowl, proving that he wants route running skills that we all knew he had. So I'm excited to keep diving into this process, and I'm sure you are as well, Dad. Last thing I got to say here is, you know, you guys are listening. So you guys are ahead of the curve. A lot of people are out there doing startup drafts right now. The best pick you can make if you are debating between player X and pick Y, it's pick Y right now. Rashi Rice is going in the fifth round, but the 107 is going in the mid sixth. Odunze will likely be worth more than Rashi Rice, you know, and there's guys like the 105 is going in that, you know, the, the mid to late third round pick. It's like, if you guys have that, the picks are still hold your 24 first. They are only going to go up in value. They are literally the safest commodity. It's like having stock that can't go down, right? Yeah. It's like, it's like you got Apple, just hold on to it. It's going to go up a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I like that. where you're, where you have other wide receivers where they're going to get, think about it. These, these rookie wide receivers are only going to go up in value. Once they get picked, it, it's just going to continue to escalate. So make sure you guys hold on to those picks. And if you're in a startup, always lean towards the rookie pick, by the way, smash except 13 starts on Monday. Let's go. Let's oh. go smash except 14. Maybe you and I'll co co-manage one guys. If you guys aren't in any of those leagues, you want to get in. It's a blast. You know, it, our startups have, 10 times as many trades as you guys have seen in other ones, you know, like I personally made 32 startup trades in, in smash except seven, you know, so it's like, just kick it off, have some fun. So thanks again for tuning in guys and enjoy the process. Yo, get them rookie picks.